First John chapter two, verses one through six. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. And by this, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this, we know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Greg Conley, back in the chair for another day of this little hop, skip, and a jump through some of these New Testament passages that are reflecting on the work of Jesus. Um, today, you know, it's it's a couple days after Christmas. And uh, man, we just finished this a righteous life of Christ Advent devotional. And so we're kind of in the like wake of it right now. And today, first John two references Jesus Christ, the righteous and, and kind of digs into what that means for us as sinful people who are being redeemed by his work. Um, so gosh, such a powerful passage. Um, you know, and we have this vision of Christ as our advocate um, which I think is just uh, so much beauty to unpack. And then this call to a holy lifestyle. Um, and when I think of advocates, when I think of people living holy lifestyles, I think of Greg Conley. Oh, boy. So, oh, no. Greg, Greg <laughs> what are your thoughts on this passage? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, I will also advocate you live a holy lifestyle. I don't know if I'm the, a perfect example. but There we go. Um, yeah, this is, I mean, I think... You, I think you highlighted the two great pieces of this, like the fact that we have an advocate with a father, you know, and I, I think, um, uh, some time ago, uh, in the Colossian series, Jason talked about the fact that, you know, Christ intercedes for us mm-hmm. with the father. And what a beautiful idea it was that Christ is actually interceding for you with the father at his right hand. Like, it's not just, you know, it's not like some passive thing, but Christ is interceding for us. And this, I think this, this idea of an advocate sort of, um, is 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 the same vein, like the same idea, mm-hmm. like like so often when we think about atonement for our sins, we thought about being made righteous by Christ's blood. What we think about is the fact that there's sort of like a categorical shift, right? Like yep. you move from the unrighteous category to the righteous category because Christ's blood. And in some sense, you know, if you want to think about it like that, that is true. But I think the idea that we have an advocate with the Father. That Christ, it's not just some like check mark thing. You just move from column A to column B. Mm-hmm. But Christ actually advocates for you with the Father. Mm-hmm. He pleads for you with mm-hmm. the Father. I think it's beautiful because it's a reflection of Christ's love for us. Mm-hmm. That his love, it's not like, you know, Christ went to the cross and he, he sort of like took a hands-off approach with us. But he continuously advocates for you with the Father, which I think is beautiful. Um, and then I think when you when you get to living a holy life, um, I think this is tough. This is often tough. This is a, a thing that people struggle with. I think evangelicals, especially because you're like, well, you know, Christ, Christ makes you righteous, not your own works. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, it doesn't mean what you do doesn't matter, but it also means that what you do isn't going to get you into heaven. Yeah. I think that you forget that the way that Christ frames this, when he's asked about the greatest commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, mm-hmm. and love your neighbor as yourself. And looking at, are you, would you be characterized by those things? If mm. we looked at your, like if anybody looked at your life, and I'm not saying I would be, but I'm saying, think about that. Are you showing to me like the fruit of the spirit, mm-hmm. right? Are those the things you're displaying to the world? Are those the things coming out of your heart? Are those the things that God is changing you yeah. to produce as opposed to what you do produce? Can you see as a Christian change in yourself? Yeah. We're none of us are perfect, yeah. but do you see, if you look, you think five years ago, man, I never would have thought like this, but somehow I realized God has made a change in me mm-hmm. and I continue to change. I continue Absolutely. to be sanctified. And I think that's really what he's, what he's calling for. And highlighting like the, whoever says I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. I don't think is people can take that as like, well, then if you're, if you're sinning, then you're, you know, you, you don't know Jesus. I don't think that's what it is. But if you look at people who consistently mm-hmm. are not living in alignment with those two greatest commandments, which do not produce any fruit of the spirit, but somehow are maybe culturally Christian or sort of yeah. locate themselves, that's when you can say, and I think particularly in this moment in America, when you have so many people who publicly are like, well, I'm a Christian and this is why X, Y, Z, which you really need to examine. It's not what they say, but yeah. look at d- does their life reflect this? Are they keeping his commandments? And if they don't, if they don't regard people with love, with mercy, with kindness, with sort of the way Christ did, then I think you should question, like, is this person, you don't know them personally, Mm -hmm. is this person really, are they really following Jesus? Mm -hmm. And I think that's instructional to us. But yeah, the idea that Jesus is pleading with us before the Father, one, is a beautiful idea, and two, just makes me want to, makes me love him and want to see him all the more. Yeah, absolutely. You know, recently I I taught um, on Ephesians 5 for our middle school ministry, and uh, Ephesians 5 is, is a very similar passage to this, like, verse 6. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he did. Ephesians 5 starts with, you know, therefore be imitators of God as mm-hmm. beloved children. And so it's kind of this idea of imitating God, imitating his holiness, imitating the way that he acts. And then Paul, uh, he, he in Ephesians 5, just lays out all this stuff of, you know, like, Sexual immorality, crude joking, blah, 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 shall not even be named among you. Uh, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. You know, all this, like, don't do this, do this, don't do this, do this. And I don't know if any of this made sense uh, to people, uh, like to middle schoolers. Uh, you know, it's, I, I, I hope it landed. But the thing that I was trying to draw out um, was when we look at passages like this, where it talks about like imitating God or kind of talks about the behavior of being a Christian, I think our posture um, can be to look at the application first. Mm -hmm. And so if you like rules, if you like structure, if you like clear instruction, then you see that and you're like, great. Okay. Now I know what I have to do. I'm going to go try to do it. If you're more like me and you don't like rules, you don't like structure, you don't like instruction, um, then it, it makes you a little uncomfortable and say, yeah, can we like get back to like the big picture, cool stuff? Like, I don't like, you know, let's, this sounds a little legalistic or like whatever, right. but you're totally missing like the, like fuel of the passage and like the engine that is actually going to drive you to a point of imitating God, which is seeing this God who loved you, seeing this God who sacrificed for you, actually seeing the character of Jesus and the character of God that set forth. Because if you first approach that and grapple with that and like let that just, you know, matriculate its way into 
your view of everything, um, then you're going to see a God that you want to be like mm-hmm. and a Jesus that you want to be like. And this call to like walk like him, it's not a burden. Um, and, and first John, he actually is going to say in chapter five, the commands of God are not burdensome. It's not like this burden or like this frustratingly high bar, but it's this like joyful aspiration and yeah. ambition of like, man, that God that has shown me so much mercy, this Jesus, the righteous who, who, you know, suffered for the sins of the world, not just for our sins, but for the sins of the world, which is what first John says here. Um, who else would I want to be like? Like what greater role model? Um, and then, you know, I, what I love about this passage in First John is that he kind of approaches it like a child learning to walk mm-hmm. because it's like the, the bar is high. It's the character of Jesus. And yet there's also this acknowledgement of like, you're going you're gonna to fall short. You're going to stumble your way towards this. But if you sin, you have an advocate with the Father. Mm-hmm. So you're not doing this out of fear or intimidation, but you have an advocate with the Father. And, you know, if you look back just a few verses in chapter one, um, like right before this passage, it says that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all righteousness. And I love that language that he's faithful and just to forgive us. It's not just that he's nice and lenient Mm -hmm. or like he's gracious and kind to forgive us, but because of what Jesus has done, like God has shifted the legal structure under the gospel to where because the blood of Jesus is upon you, it's not just like nice to forgive you of your sins, but it is justice. It is Mm -hmm. faithfulness to forgive you of your sin as you fall short because you're under the righteousness of Jesus. And so like, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like there's interesting interesting economy where we, we aspire to holiness, but we also are already standing on holiness. Yeah, I think you're, I mean, I think I think that's beautiful. The, the idea that when you really see Jesus, when you really see God for who he is, mm. you, you want to follow him. And the reason is because like Jesus, God changes you. You know, there's there's a famous Nietzsche quote, which when I was in college, people love to quote, which is, you know, when you look into the abyss, the abyss looks into you. And I think there's like, I think there's a, there's a counterside to that with God. Like when you really look at God, mm. it changes you, mm-hmm. right? Like you can't behold him and not be changed. You can't behold him and not want to follow. Mm-hmm. And it means that following, like you said, it's not burdensome. You know, like, oh no, there's this whole set of rules I have to follow. Instead, you're just so desperate to follow him where he goes that these things sort of they come along with it. You're like, what, 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 what can I do to get to you? What can I do to get near to you? What can I do to follow you? Mm-hmm. Because you just you just take up my entire windshield. You take up everything that I see. Mm-hmm. And I think you've hit the nail on the head. Yeah. That economy is I stand on you, but I want to continue to get closer to you until someday I am yeah. right beside you. Man, it's beautiful. And it's, it's profound. Yeah. Just like Greg Conley. <laughs> <laughs> so for that great man, Greg Conley, this is Will Carlisle. And we will see you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant. And Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's word. 
If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.